Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Get to the church, Brian! Get to the church, Brand. Go! Now! Hey, church planner, this is Pete Mitchell. Pete Predator Mitchell. <laughs> and Peyton Commando Jones. Coming to you in 3D. Ooh. Oh, why, Pete? I'm I'm guessing you have a story about this, this 3D Predator thing. I can feel it. No, no, uh, Predator's not in 3D. But um, I did I I did buy uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter and watch that in 3D. Uh, Just saw Gamer in 3D. Um, I think I mentioned Jurassic Park and uh, I've almost bought every 3D movie there is. Oh, except for our favorite movie, Pacific Rim, which is in 3D. But I got to go back to Best Buy to get it because they got it for the cheapest. Oh, I can't be getting in the car and driving to all kinds of stores and opening all kinds of doors and rocking down all kinds of aisles. Mm. That's, that's how people crime. feel nowadays. They're like, they just sit in their chair and buy stuff, right? That's normally how I buy. I used to buy every major thing from Amazon because there was no sales tax, but now Amazon collects sales tax for California. So um, pretty much don't feel the need to use them anymore. Wow. I just honestly don't like going to stores. So I tend to still buy things with my free shipping on Amazon and saves me the gas money, right? I do that too, but I used to specifically buy the expensive stuff on Amazon. Oh, the finer things in life, which as we are a church planner podcast. No one who's listening has any clue what you're talking about. <laughs> the finer, what they don't have the hat. They don't have big expenses now and again. Come on. Come on. No, no. They're eating beans and toast and egg every day for every meal. 
I think there are more church planners like Charlie than there are like Peyton. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's probably true, huh? Yeah. yeah, I was a missionary for years. I'll never forget coming back my first year. And people are like, man, what's your diet plan? You know, because I'm from California. Everybody's all excited. You know, oh, man, you look great. I'm like, yeah, I'm on a missionary diet. And they're like, oh, oh that's so funny. And I'm like, no, I'm really on a missionary diet. <laughs> I don't eat much. Well, hey, before we get Yoda, why don't you tell everyone what today's episode is going to be on so they know if they should hang around and listen to the Smack Talk before we actually get into the topic. Well, they definitely shouldn't stick around and listen to Smack Talk. If you've listened to at least one episode of this show, you know you fast-forwarded about 30 minutes in to get to the good stuff, right? But um, today's uh, topic is actually about uh, the holistic church planner, being a well-rounded mentally, spiritually, physically, and relationally fit church planner. Your health is important. Charles Spurgeon said, that uh, you are the tool of ministry. Everyone else has their tools, right? Uh, the mechanic's got a wrench. You know, your uh, gardener has a lawnmower. Of course, as church planners, you don't have gardeners. You mow your own stinking lawn. But everybody who's got a, a, a tool or has a trade has a tool. But in this game, you are the tool. <laughs> and I don't mean you are a tool. I mean, you are, you know, to quote Spurgeon, you are your own tool. <laughs> I think you just need to stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> it just came out wrong. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> Welcome, you are. This week's episode of the Church Planter Podcast is brought to you by Mogiv. M O G I. You know what I'm going to say. Larry H. Pocket got me. Well, you know the rest of the story. <laughs> I can't do that, huh? I have to do it. Okay. Because it's it's like their identity. M O oh wait. M O G I V dot com <laughs> forward slash church. <laughs> forward slash church. So uh Peyton, let me ask you something. Have you been waiting to get your church started with online giving? Oh, Great, no. me too. Have you been using PayPal as a cheap and easy placeholder? Yep, uh-huh. Don't do it anymore. A better solution is here. Mo give. <laughs> give me an M, give me an O to the O E O E O. Give me a golly G. I've seen it all I you know how steve erickson that's all i'm saying you know how on your uh, phone you've got the fast forward button on your podcast when you're listening to it i bet you when we start the mogive commercial that's all people do is they hit that about like four times to get through our commercial our 30 second commercial that takes two minutes i was kind of going for like a swing low sweet chariot kind of feel with that did it did it come across no, it didn't. But um, along these lines, I had a really funny talk with uh, White Tyrone. Or, I'm sorry. Oh, the, don't call him that. It makes the, him mad. Uh, you know it does. It does. The, uh, the salesman formerly known as White Tyrone. Now he's just <laughs> Tyrone. He he goes, hey, um, do you guys have any sort of, I kid you not, he asks this. Do you guys have any sort of online, you know, like uh, uh, way that people can uh, do their tithing and stuff online? And I, he says this to me, right? And I, you sing? And I go, I go. Are, are you joking? And he's like, No, I'm totally serious. And I go, Um, Mo give. 
And the, and then I, you know, was like, have you not listened to the podcast? I thought you listened to it. He goes, oh, I do, but I started all the way back at the beginning, and I'm working my way through it from the beginning. So. Oh, right, okay. Because that almost reminded me of like that scene in Time Bandits where the uh, the cherubs, they're, I think we've talked about this, right? Like they're cherubs that travel through time using the map that God gave them of the universe to create the world. And uh, they pillage and plunder. But anyways, God's chasing them. You don't know what it is. It's a giant white face that chases them and goes, return the map. Return what you've stolen from me. And he's like chasing them. And uh, it's a British film, it's Monty Python. And a uh, little boy turns to these cherubs and goes, and you don't know they're cherubs. They're, they're little people, to be politically correct. And he goes, was that God? And they go, oh, uh, you mean the supreme being? We don't call him God. We only work for him. We don't know him that well. That reminds me of... Uh, I don't know why that reminds you of that, but okay. Well, well, because the salesman, formerly known as White Tyrone, he, he only works for us. He doesn't know us that way. He didn't listen to the podcast, man. He actually does. It's just that he started he over at the beginning. Yeah. Well, boy, is he in for a surprise. <laughs> Especially when he gets to all the White Tyrone <laughs> references. When he gets to the, I, I know, you know, at a certain point, he's going to quit, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, anyway, MoGive is an online and text-based giving platform built specifically for the needs of new and growing churches like Tyrone's Church. And all he's got to do is go to MoGive.com forward slash church to learn more. That's MoGive.com forward slash church. This is Brad Briscoe, and you are listening to Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones, the Beavis and Butthead of church planting. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Now that it's that part of the show where we talk smack, what you going to do when the Church Planter podcast runs wild on you? (laughs) We already ran wild on White, formerly known as White Tyrone. Mm. But he's not going to hear this for a good four or six months. So he won't be working for us by then, will he, Pete? No, he was asking me yesterday. He goes, Hey, are you going to issue a 1099 for me? And I'm like, Yeah, I totally forgot. I got to issue you your 1099. (sighs) Not fun. No, not fun at all. And church planners, by the way, if uh, that's the kind of crud that you're listening to, what do you mean a 1099? You mean if I have anyone do anything and I pay them any kind of money? I'm just going to check it out there. Go to simplifiedchurch.com, get in touch with uh, Josh Henry, and homeboy there will hook you up with doing all that kind of stuff for you. Because if you're a church planner, um, most likely you're not a math nerd. And Josh, I'm not going to say he is, but he's a church planner and knows how to do that stuff. Mm. That, that he was is. A freebie. That was a freebie. That was just for you, Josh. Josh Henry. You said that with such affection, like almost. Well, if you could have seen my face, I was doing like this look with my teeth. I was like, "Just for you, Josh." Hey, do you ever remember um, in Living Color, uh, uh, Fire Marshal Bill? Oh my gosh, I told him when you did that. That's exactly who I heard with Jim Carrey. That's awesome. Let me tell you a little something, kids. Let's say we got a little bit of accelerant right here, and we burned all over ourselves. As a former firefighter, having to go into schools and give those presentations, I love it. <laughs> if you've never seen it in Living Color, you don't know what we're talking about, but it was great. Nope, you're too young. You know, that was when we were in, well, I was in college, so you, you know, 
you were just a couple years older than me, right? Or was it high school? Yeah, yeah, no, it was high school. But Pete, man, like most of the guys we're talking to are like in their 20s. You think? Yeah, 20s, (laughs) 30s. Because anyone over that, I mean... They probably listen to the beginning of this and go, that's it. I'm not listening to these these heathens. Either either that or they think that listening to us and going to U2 concerts still makes them cool. Mm. Hey, you know what? That actually reminds me. We do have a couple of really important announcements, which we'll just throw here into the smack talk. One is uh, we've got a new podcast that's starting up. And uh, I don't know. It could actually... Be on iTunes by the time this one comes out. If it's not on iTunes when this episode airs, uh, it will be shortly. It's called Hardcore Church Planting, and uh, it's part of the uh, the Church Planner Magazine Network, the family of uh, podcasts that we're doing. And um, it's going to be every Wednesday. It's going to be our interview podcast that we do. And we have got a lineup of just really cool interviews that we've already Recorded, they're in the can, and um, if you like Church Planner podcast, then you may not like Hardcore Church Planning because it's you know not nearly as fun, in my opinion. No, we we still screw around with people, but but not uh, as much. I'll, no, it's it's always good to be back home, you know, like playing a home game again. Like you know, Pete, we've been interviewing this guy, man. Oh, it's good to to just have our window of time to screw around, right? Like when we interviewed. Uh, Tim Ketchum, he, he's a very serious dude. And like oh, yeah. he would smile at some of our jokes, but you can't smile on a podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> and know that the guy is smiling, right? Like I was noticing that when we were recording that one. I was like, uh, yeah, I hope he knows we're joking. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he's a cool guy. He's, oh, he's actually become totally a friend. Totally cool. Now. I've- yeah, I chat with him outside the podcast. He and I set up regular phone calls and chat, so he gets us, man. But uh, but you're right, you can't hear or like when we can see him, we can see that you know he's he's funny, man. He's in it, but he's pretty reserved. He's he's kind of he's got a lot going on in his ticker, man. He's a he's a smart dude, but um, yeah, he's 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 kind of he's he's more mellow than us. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we did ask him. Who would win in a fight, him or Alan Hirsch? And uh, oh, but you got to listen to find that. You out. do have to listen. That was a to great answer too. To uh, to to find out his answer on that, because he actually analyzed it and he broke it down. Why? Who would win in that fight? He convinced me. He did. He actually convinced me. Yeah. yeah, I could see it. So the other thing too that we got going on that we should make an announcement is uh, Jump School. The video series is Woo-hoo! on Kickstarter right now. We are raising money for that. So why don't you tell them all about that? Because that's your baby. It's my baby. So, okay, guys, this is cool, right? Like, you know that we do the monthly uh, Jump School uh, online church planner training course. If, uh, if you've not heard about that, we run it every month. And uh, it is our in-depth, it is the best of my best training, including the university stuff. We check some of that in where it's appropriate, throw some of the lectures in there. But um, we offer everything that a church planner, in other words, when we built this course, not only did we go to everyone else's course and look what they're offering and say, you know, we're going to offer all of that. We can do better. That's what we did. We looked at it. We can do better. (laughs) 
Yeah, well, but seriously, though, I, I'll tell you why I have that mentality. Because if we're asking people to give money, it has to be the most valuable thing out there on the market. And not only that, um, I, I actually believe that not only did we kind of put what offer what everyone else was offering, we offered what people were not offering. And on on top of that, um, it's it just hits all of the cylinders. Well, Jump School, the movie, is something that we've put together um, to train your core team, which is over and above. Of course, it'll be included in Jump School. It'll be there. But people who are like, hey, uh, my number one question is, how do I train my core team? Well, Jump School spends practically two months on that. I say two months because the first month is how do I uh, build a core team? One of, the, one of the other months right after, which happens to be uh, the current month that we're running right now, um, it actually uh, has to do with how to create the right culture uh, within your core team. How do I create a culture of grace? How do I create a, a missional culture? How do I? So all that's coming up in this month. But that said, um, the movie is is basically a six part series using uh, World War II paratroopers as a metaphor uh, of jumping out of an airplane uh, for church planning. So what we're doing is we're kind of using the Band of Brothers mentality. You are recruiting and equipping a Band of Brothers, but often the church planner doesn't know. He's got this group of people that trust him. He's gathered them together. Now he's like, what do I do with them? You know, how do I get them ready for the launch? And how do I instill in them? In other words, how do I reproduce myself in them? And that's what Jump School is about. It's a six-part series. It was entirely filmed in the UK around World War II bunkers, uh, uh, um, places that, that are um, historical and it's dramatized kind of a little bit like uh, Francis Chan's basic series that if you watch at it, you know, the first episode, they fill a room up with water. We didn't have that kind of budget. That cost 30 K to make that first episode. I know because David C. Cook was my publisher and they told me because I said, Hey, why don't you make a movie for me like that? And they laughed and said, we lost so much money on that project. No way. But uh, Jump School is a film. We filmed it. We're just waiting to get it into post-production. So uh, the guy who filmed it is a guy named Andy Tuvey of Tuvey Studios. He just won one of the biggest awards in the UK you can win for film. He's one of our uh, New Breed church planners uh, from, from the early, early days of New Breed. And he is a professional director. That's how he makes his living. And he uh, is just, you know, we, we have to pay him for his time, but we couldn't normally afford him. But because he's within the New Breed family, he said, well, look, if you pay, uh, this is how many weeks it would take me to do post-production. Just pay my bills for those couple of weeks. I won't charge you uh, normal rates. I'll just charge you what I would need to actually pay my bills. And so it's been an awesome opportunity for us. Uh, we've gotten this far and we're in the last final push to get this thing published. So if you want to be a part of this, let me tell you, you can go to our Kickstarter page. And uh, I think it's something like Kickstarter uh, dot 4-2-forward slash 3. <laughs> we'll have a link in the show notes. Let's just put it that what way. show notes? We don't do show notes. That was just a little wink, wink, Pete. <laughs> a little show notes there. Yeah, go for um, it. I do everything else around this place. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't know how to do anything, so... <laughs> so go to uh, my website, which is newbreedcp.org or newbreedchurchplanning.com, whichever one's easier for you to remember. You'll find the blog on there. It's got the link to it. 
Uh, we'd also like to ask you guys to tweet it out if you want to contribute. There's all kinds of great rewards. We have um, things like uh, you get a copy of it, you get a DVD copy. But the coolest thing is it starts getting to a point where you get, uh, for tweeting it out and stuff like that, we'll put you in this special thanks. But as you up the amount, you actually get to be a part of um, the credits itself. And it's not much. It's $6,000. So any of you guys that are at big churches and you're like, hey, I got money to burn, man, in the budget, then uh, hit us up, dog. That's all I'm saying. Or even not just money to burn, but you you want to contribute <laughs> to the jump, the uh, church planners. Yeah, what Pete said. He said it better. Well, and, uh, no, I'm just because we do need the six grand. And if you are at a big church and you, for some reason, still listen to this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> then seriously, man, go to whoever you got to go to and say, hey, look, can we, you know, scrape off 500 bucks, a thousand bucks, whatever, and um, and give to the project. You can just go to kickstarter.com and in the uh, search box, just type in jump school. We're the first one that comes up. Yeah. And, and our plan is to get this into as many church planning hands as we possibly can. Like, there's nothing like this out there. And we made this specifically not as a moneymaker. We made this as this needs to be made. Church planners come through and ask me about this more than anything else. This is the, the big, um, you know, guys, almost everything else, preaching, you know, witnessing, um, all the other stuff. They're like, okay, I think I got that. Um, I might need help with some strategy or, or, you know, understanding biblical principles, but um, I really don't know how to train these guys and disciple them to get them ready for church planning. And that's what we do. And it is just a great, great series. It's already been filmed. So I can say it with confidence. I know exactly uh, what it covers and it'll blow your team out of the water, man. And, um, and again, if you want to, I think it's something like if you go up to like, you cover the whole amount, like 6,000, you become executive producer. I mean, it's pretty cool. We're not, we're not looking, we just want it in people's hands. And uh, so a lot of the work and we'll, has been We'll done. just go ahead and say it here on the podcast. We actually are going to be giving away the videos for free. I mean, it's yeah. not going to be something that we're going to sell. So if you are giving to this, I mean, we do have rewards. We'll give it to you on DVD. We're going to do all the stuff that we promised we're going to do. But in the end, we're going to give it away because we want church planners to have this resource. Yeah. So if you're like, yeah. hey, look, I know I'm going to end up using this thing for my core team. Or, you know what, we've planted, but we want to be a multiplying church that plants out. I want to have this as a resource. Even though you're going to give it away for free, I'm going to go ahead and give 10 bucks or 25 bucks or 50 bucks, whatever. Please do it because we need it. To do yeah, it. and you'll have you'll have like a collector's set of it when it's when it's done. But the reality is, yes, we want this to be out there. We just want it to be out there to promote the kingdom of God, like Pete said. And it is. It's going to be free. We we did not go into it going, hey, this is a product we can sell. So that's why we're doing the Kickstarters. We're saying, look, there's someone out there who's missions minded and who has this on their heart who will say, really, you guys are doing it for that reason, man. I will totally support that. And I, I literally feel that what we do in the podcast, what you're literally doing is you're giving that to a whole generation of church planners. It's everybody's. It's EV Freeze. It's Southern Baptist. It's Calvary Chapels. It's Vineyard Churches. It's everybody out there gets this thing to promote and to advance the kingdom of Jesus in the world. So it's a win-win, man. And your name gets on there or your ministry's name or whatever 
to say, hey, we co-produce this. We had a burden and vision for this. We saw it and we got behind it. Boom. Cool. Yeah. So just go to kickstarter.com, type in jump school. We'll come up as the uh, the first one. Interestingly enough, when you type in jump school, it comes up with like, I don't know, four or five different uh, of the closest Kickstarter campaigns. And uh, <laughs> the very last one is uh, jump a love story. And it has to do with suicides on the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> Find that kind of oh, interesting. Wow, dude. I know. Wow. That that actually that actually interests me. That, it interests a, me too because when I read uh, Michael Cheshire, 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 his book, um, Church Planner got his wings just in. Yeah, I know. Twice, a couple times, maybe. Woo-hoo. Read Cheshire. his book. Um, uh, man, what was the name of his last book? Not the um, uh, Why We Eat Our Own. Yeah, Why We Eat Our Own. He talked about a uh, movie in there called The Bridge, which. Um, so uh, the Golden Gate Bridge has the highest number of suicides uh, than any uh, bridge in the world, I guess. And um, it averages that every 15 days someone jumps off the bridge. Like <laughs> that's that's pretty often. I mean, that's a lot of suicides. So uh, they did a documentary on it and they basically just uh, set up a camera and, and filmed the bridge straight. 24 hours a day um, over the course of like three months and caught so many suicides. And his point was, he goes, look, if you watch this movie, it'll just wreck you. And so I actually went on um, Amazon or eBay, something like that, found the movie, bought it. And it's, it's pretty heartbreaking. I mean, it's, mm. it's the reason that we do church planning and, and yeah. Um, Cause there are, you know, hurting people out there and sure. Some um, of them had uh, mental issues, but the bulk were just, you know, hurting people. And um, absolutely. And just so you guys know, this Sunday morning, most likely in your church plant, there will be someone who's contemplating suicide. Always remember that. Every week, there's probably someone thinking, why should I go on? I talked to someone this morning. And it can be someone who you just never even suspected, you know? Yeah. The guy I talked to today is an evangelist. People are great at hiding that stuff. Mm. They're great at hiding that. Yeah. And, and, you know, and always think, you know, it's funny because I was mentoring one of our uh, trainees uh, in Long Beach and um, we were going over Romans. He was getting ready to teach. And I, and he's like, man, this is all like Jew, Gentile. He's like, I don't know how to cover this, a big chunk of text. And I said, let me tell you how I always approach Refuge Long Beach. I preach differently there than I do when I visit anywhere else. I always think to myself. There's a guy sitting out there, and I know there's more than one, thinking, I'm trying to get clean off drugs, trying not to, you know, do crack, trying to get off meth or whatever it is. And I just need you to give me something to get me through the week. And I said, so regardless of what passage I come to, you want to talk about something that puts fuel in the rocket tank of your application? You think like that. Mm. You think like that because, you know, there's... Jeez. Yeah, man, right in front of my door. That and guy can, hates you. He waited yes. till he was right by your window. Yeah, I'm just saying if someone did throw a rock at the train, it's a felony and um, <laughs> he might bear a grudge afterwards. I'm just, you know, but, uh, and I would never do that because it's a felony, but, uh, but because they might bear a, a grudge. Yeah. Gotcha. And, um, and, and so, you know, the, the reality is that, you know, these guys are, um, they're just wanting to get through and, and your, your application, you ought to just be thinking like that because there are people that sit in churches 
week after week. And they, um, you know, we can pontificate from the front. We can, you know, wax eloquent about this in the Greek and that in the Greek. And meanwhile, the guys just, it's, it's kind of like that surgeon. I think I shared this before where the, they were on a ship and the guy was trying to, to share his, uh, his expertise of what a great surgeon he was with uh, the the surgeon's assistant. And so he's, he's, you know, and then we do this and we splice the artery and we must be careful to do this. And as he's doing this masterful surgery, uh, one of the, the shipsmen says to him, uh, excuse me, doctor, uh, this surgery looks amazing, but uh, your patient's dead. Nice. Yeah. And, and so we have to keep them. We don't want to be that surgeon where we're just, we're preaching masterful sermons, you know, and, and Hey, that'd be awesome. If other pastors or theologians or guys that really value exposition were, were, you know, listening to you, gosh, you'd really tickle their fancy. But you know, the guy on the streets going, oh, okay, uh, thanks for that. And I guess the word of God has nothing to say to me right now in my personal life. So yeah. All right. On that happy note. On that happy note. Great. Love it. Should we uh, yes. call up Doc Brown? Absolutely. Bring that boy back from the future. You got to <laughs> save the kids. <laughs> Great Scott. It's time for this week's topic. Dun, oh, that's dun, me, dun. Huh? <laughs> We should do that. Boom, boom, boom. Um, today's topic, well, you know, uh, it's a little bit redundant, uh, Pete. But I uh, am going to talk today about the holistic church planner. That sounds so good to say. That makes me sound and feel like a hippie. Want to go eat some nuts and some uh, wheatgrass and a little bit of carrot. I was so thinking that when you said that. I was like, man, it sounds like I need to go to Whole Foods and start believing in reincarnation. <laughs> Which you were tempted to do this week, but we're not. I was not. No, but that is for all of my uh, <laughs> my my quantum <laughs> physics guys. I finished off the book Biocentrism. Like I told you, like, cause you said, oh, I think the guy is Christian. I'm like, no, nope, I've read further than you have. He's not Christian. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. he well, doesn't like say I, it. He doesn't say yeah. it, but I believe he believes in reincarnation. The reason why yeah. I, I, I think that's where he's leaning. And it, it's really ironic to me. And, and this is in case anybody happens to read the book, Biocentrism. He, here's how he addresses God. He goes, well, there's basically three explanations for this. One is God. But since that doesn't answer anything, we're just going to ignore it. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, great. So we're going to go ahead and ignore that and come up with a whole theory on why all this stuff works because there's not enough for you, I guess, with God. There's not, or there was no way he could prove it. And so yeah, you just want to Because I said it. so. Yeah. Because I said so. Get thee behind me, Deepak Chopra. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, that's pretty funny. But hey, go into our thing. So we'll we'll say it this way. We'll say the well-rounded church planner. That sounds better. There you go. Okay, go, Pete. <laughs> um, <laughs> get a job. Yeah, that's I all agree. I got. That's all I got. You should sing it. That's a good song. I don't sing. Okay. Well, look. Let me start with a story. Let me tell you a little story about Jack and Diane, two American kids doing the best that they can. Oh yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, it was, yeah, this is the eighties thing. Yeah, sorry. moving right along. Okay, all right, all right, all right. I'm gonna tell my story. So every Monday morning, I go to uh, a group of pastors, and they're cool, man. They're super, super cool. I've talked about them before. Um, they're the guys that I'm with right now in Oceanside, 
And these guys have been through some deep, deep stuff, man. I mean, um, one of them lost a child, and we talk about that on a regular basis. Um, another one of them, uh, gosh, he's been through rough stuff. He's He was a cop. He tells some stories of, you know, post-traumatic stress and stuff he's been through. He's had a, a child with uh, Down syndrome and been really honest about, you know, kind of coming to grips with that stuff. And, um, you know, it, it, they're just great guys, man. So no matter what I'm going through, I mean, I got some bad news this week, but um, that that said about my daughter um, and, and her issues developmentally, jury's out on what the results are, but uh, there's just some physical findings that aren't good at the moment. And uh, But these guys always, you know, they always kind of make me feel like I'm a lightweight. Why well, get together with them? It started off, now we're strategizing and doing ministry, but they just graciously invited me into uh, this group of pastors where they get together every Monday and just they're dudes. And they just say, look, we're going to do this RPM and the RPMs with an S because there's four things you go through. We did that webinar with uh, Dave Ferguson and he talked about them and the RPMs stand for relational, physical, mental, and spiritual. And I know that we we've talked about that um, before on the podcast, but, um, want to talk about how to keep uh, your health up as a church planner in general, because not only are you your strongest and most important tool, you're also your greatest liability. You are the weakness inherent in the system. And so if the enemy takes you out, like Charles Spurgeon quoted, he quoted the old proverb that says, uh, if the axe is dull, the uh, axeman must use more strength. And so how do you keep yourself sharp? How do you keep yourself strong? How do you keep yourself from uh, being the casualty? In other words, Satan takes you down. He, he takes a lot out with, with you. And so you need to keep yourself healthy. And I think this is important because when we're talking about Bivo guys, we're talking about guys that are trying to do it all, right? They're trying to be good employees, they're trying to be good neighbors and, and, and be missional, you know, do life on purpose. Then they're trying to be good husbands or trying to be good dads. And now on top of that, they're trying to be good pastors, right? Good church planners, good, good missionaries. How in the heck do you do all that stuff? So that's what I want to talk about today. Well, <laughs> I think that's a boring topic. So let's go on to the next topic. Okay. So back to Star Wars. All righty. <laughs> so what do you think about that lightsaber, Pete? You've had a couple months to think about it now. I try not to think about it, but you know, my son, he, he takes like this red PCV or whatever you call those pipes and he starts spinning it in his hand and he goes, I'm Darth Maul. I'm Darth Maul. <laughs> right on. Man, the force is strong with young Luke. And then he wants me to shoot at him so he can, he, he's, you know, bouncing the lasers off with his, with his lightsaber. Okay, notice, aside, but notice it doesn't I'm have just, a hill. I'm just pointing that out. Hey, I'm just going to say, as an aside, I'm still disappointed that uh, you didn't name your daughter Leah. I'm still sad about that. I, I, I tried to. I'm living vicariously through you. I'm I just, tried to. I tried for Jar Jar. I tried for Jabba. <laughs> and Boba. Leia Organa. And it what about Bubba? I didn't try for Bubba. She's not worthy. I can't imagine a little girl being called Bubba. Some no, but Jar Jar Bubba. and Jabba, I can oh, imagine. Bubba, you know, like the drink. 
what drink are you talking about? It's a Vietnamese drink called boba. It's got little boba balls in it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, no. You've not had that? You you live in Southern California. You've never tried boba? No. Dude, you live like five minutes from Little Saigon. How has this happened? That's actually where I got Jamie's uh, wedding ring was in Little Saigon. That is the place to get it, man. I shop there too. But hey. My buddy, my <laughs> white up? buddy married a uh, Vietnamese gal, so he spoke Vietnamese. No, no. No more. We, we got to get back no, on the no, top. No. So, so then we went to Little Saigon. It was so cool because... <laughs> I gave him $200 and I had like $1,800. That was all the money in the world I had at the time. So um, we're like going around and and finally we found the ring. You know, they wanted like $2,700, which by the way, I had it appraised later and it was worth like five grand. So it was probably stolen, which is way cool. And um, so I'm like, look, all I got is uh, I got $1,800 and, and he's going to give me uh, $200. And he pulls out of his pocket the $200 I gave him and he's like, here. And I go, so, you know, all I got is $2,000. Will you take that? They're like, okay, well, see, we can't even charge you tax. I'm like, well, of course you're not going to charge me tax. So I'm giving you cash. What are you talking about? It's a little Saigon. So anyway. That's awesome. There you go. Well, hey, first off, going back to this RPM deal. And thanks I'm for, not talking thanks for ignoring my story. I appreciate that. I totally ignored it. But here's the thing is <laughs> going back to um, the RPMs, right? Um, how do you keep your health? Number one, the first thing you need to do is you need to remember that you are a human being. Um, you are not a God. You are not Jesus. And even Jesus himself got worn out. So what you have to do is you have to create margin in your life. And I tell guys this sometimes. When I got, I tell them to get a hobby, right? And I know that sounds crazy because we're talking about balancing all of this stuff. But you're gonna, you're going to get overwhelmed. And sometimes in order to juggle all of these things, you're going to have to have this like, you know, kind of secret little, uh, you know, um, I don't know what you go. What do you call it? Your, your briar patch, like Br'er rabbit went into, or your, you know, place where you go and speak to your inner child, um, mommy and me time. I don't know. Um, you're going to need a place where, you know, you, you go and you kick out the jams. I don't care if you're in a garage band and you go rock out for a couple hours every Thursday night with the boys. Um, I don't care if you grab uh, an Xbox or a PlayStation or play some multi uh, online, you know, whatever, you know, video game uh, you need to do it because it, here's what happened for me. I can remember when I was in nursing school and I'm 19 years old, right? And I'm facing the future of wearing a dress every day to work. And uh, I don't know why I'm doing this today, Pete. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. No, I, I, I'm facing I'm facing the idea of being a, a nurse, right? I, I don't care about that. I just I'm just saying stupid things today. But what what ended up happening was I can remember I'm in these textbooks every day, and I'm I'm literally like on a regular basis. I'm doing CPR. I'm watching people die. Um, mistakes I make on the floor could could be fatal to people and i'm a student so i'm studying my guts out meanwhile i'm juggling um being a youth pastor and a college pastor and i'm starting to date andrea and it's getting really serious so not only am i in college in a very uh, stringent program that was one of the top 10 in the country with a 50 percent attrition rate like the pressure was on man that's all I got. oh and and i've got to work part-time. So all this stuff I'm doing and people used to think, cause I would show up at the church at like 6am 
And then I would like come in later when I was done with stuff and, and do work I had to do there um, up until like 11. And people thought I lived there. And I can remember my grandma died and I had to get on a plane and fly out to, to see her when she was on her deathbed. And um, I, I go through the airport and I see a comic book. And uh, so if those of you that read Church Zero, ching, you're like, oh, this dude likes this stuff. Well, I, like most people, was into that when I was a kid and then left it behind. And it was when things got super, super intense, I started uh, picking. I just picked up a couple comic books. And like I said, I've been reading medical textbooks for about a year by that time. And getting on a plane and opening comic books, I, I still remember it was Captain America and Spider-Man. And I sat on that plane and I read and I just, I, I can tell you, it was like heaven. And I remember thinking to myself, this is so nice. Why is this so nice? I haven't read a comic since I was a kid and I'm not a big comic reader. Now I find other things, but it taught me a lesson that your brain needs to escape sometimes. That's how God made it. That's why people have mental and nervous breakdowns. And I realized that, you have, and there's nothing unspiritual about this, but you have to remember you're a human being. You have to sometimes escape and let your mind completely unwind and just do something that has no pressure, that's completely stupid in its own right in order to survive mm. and not to crack. Yep. No, that's the reason why I watch so many movies and TV exactly. and have a 3D movie theater. Exactly. Because you're, you're, you're dealing with people's money like that. I mean, your job, I'm dealing with their money and I've got two kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which I know, which the harder the, the, the two of those is, but yep. the, the reality for all of us though, really, you know, but, but the, the deal is, is that you are, when you screw up, you don't just cost someone their money too. You could cost them their whole business and because they've invested. So it, it, it's high stakes for you, man. So I, I 100% um, see it exactly that way with you. And I just think that church planters, uh, they need to realize that, that there's tricks of the trade. You know, the old joke about pastors going golf, right? Um, being out on the golf course. There's just, it doesn't matter what it is. Lloyd-Jones used to say, you know, other people go to the seaside to relax. He said, I go to the 18th century, meaning the 1700s, Wesley Whitfield, um, he would read a book, and that was his way of, of relaxing. He wasn't prepping for a sermon, but he would go there, and he would feel absolutely refreshed. Now, you would probably pick up a book about the 18th century, and it would fry your brain, right? And you'd be like, oh, man, that!" but, but the golden rule is know thyself. So, you know, sometimes the most spiritual uh, uh, thing that a person can do is buy an Xbox, right? Or, you know, go pick up some comic books or you know, go, go play some airsoft or, or, you know, paintball or something. You know what I'm saying? Go surf. You know, interestingly enough that you mentioned that this is, um, this is a very similar thing to what, uh, uh, soldiers go through and, you know, there's, they're used to being very, you know, adrenaline rush, um, in the fight for their life, literally. And so a lot of them, uh, decompress actually by playing video games. And I remember yeah. watching an interview. Uh, this was on um, a, a website that's done by Navy SEALs. And, you know, they just like 
I, I should say it's done by mostly special forces. Most of them just happen to be Navy SEALs, but there's also Delta and and stuff like that on there. And uh, Chris Kyle, you know, who's the the uh, uh, American sniper um, that the movie is made after. He was being interviewed and it was so funny. And he's like, yeah, you know, all the guys are saying, you know, they love to play, uh, I don't know, Call of Duty or something like that. And he goes, so I tried it. He goes, and I got so frustrated, you know, and I'm 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 talking to this kid because I guess like you can wear a headset and talk to someone else who's playing it. And this kid like kept killing him. And he goes, I am a Navy SEAL. I'll come get you. He's like, oh, yeah, sure. You are a Navy SEAL. And, he's, you know, he's like, all right, that's it. I'm done. So my point in bringing that up is I think it's a great thing if that's uh, something that helps you decompress and you got to find yeah. what that is for you. Some people, it's not yeah. going to help them like. You, you mentioned reading the comics really helped you decompress. Uh, for me, that wouldn't help me decompress because that's just not the way my brain is wired. Um, for me, wow. it would be like reading something else. It doesn't even matter that it's a comic. For me, yeah. it literally would be like watching a movie. That would help me yeah. decompress. I think for me, I've gone through phases. So, for example, um, after that, I played um, a game called uh, Warcraft uh, 2 which was pretty funny. It was like a tabletop strategy battle game for the horde, right? Anyone who remembers that it was, uh, you play orcs and humans and build castles and kill things. And it was pretty cool and I loved it. But, um, then they came out with one called grim Fandango and, uh, it was, uh, based on, um, uh, shoot. What's a guy, Humphrey Bogart, um, Casablanca, but it was like day of the dead theme. And I just remember stupid things like that. And I remember at the time I was young and I would struggle because I was so passionate and I'd like to think I'm still passionate for the gospel. But back then, because I was so young, I'm trying to add it in. Like, how can I believe people are going to hell and how can I believe that I'm called to ministry? And, and that was back in the, and, and be sitting here doing this. And that was back in the day when you would hear preachers pompously say, you wouldn't catch me in a movie theater. What if Jesus came back right then? And I just remember thinking, you must be so tightly wound. And yet come to find out about those guys that they had these other hobbies that they did, that they, they, well, surely they'd never go to a, uh, you know, a, a movie cause that was just worldly and unspiritual, but then you find out they're spending hours and hours and hours restoring old automobiles. And you're like, Oh, so you're doing it. Like it's a survival skill that you learn. And, um, in interestingly enough, they, they did a study years ago that discovered that, uh, young men tend to disappear, um, around the age of 28. And, uh, if a guy's going to leave his family, usually, usually tends to be around 28 years old. And there was a, a book written about this um, called The Art of, or I think it was called How Did, I read it last year, it was called The Art of Disappearing Completely and something like that. But my wife <laughs> picks it up and goes, you don't have any ideas now, do you? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I'd always want to read it. Radiohead had a song on it. But going into that book, it was that guys get overwhelmed and they don't know what to do and they just run, they bolt. And uh, imagine if you just said, hey, look, babe, I got one of two choices here. I can either like commit an affair and sabotage my life, um, go out for milk and never come back or, you know, play a little little bit of Batman Arkham Asylum. It's up to you. You know, but here's the thing. Um, I don't think most women would understand that at all. <laughs> I'm I just totally teasing that. Was, you know what I'm saying? Like was me saying stupid things. Again. No, no, no. But like having that conversation, women don't get it. No, they, they don't. don't get it. And just like we don't get them. I mean, yeah. 
it's I it's one of those things that you have to have these conversations with your spouse. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. I've I've chalked. I've, I've given up trying to explain things to my wife. <laughs> no, I'm but like, what you do uh, is you relate to them. You relate to them. So, for example, the, the you come home and your wife is like, "I've done nothing today but listen to crying children," and you know, and they're they're saying how much. I've, I've learned that true. I've learned that when that happens, my response is not the appropriate response because my response yeah. has been, "You're the one that wanted another one." <laughs> How do you say, see, we need to do the Pete, the Pete Mitchell. Hey, if I made it marriage, you know, the, the marriage uh, seminar, if I made it, you can too. I do all the <laughs> wrong stuff. It's like, how are you still married? It's more of a testament to her yes. than it is to me. I'll guarantee you that. I, I always picture her saying what Jessica Rabbit said, you know, where he's Eddie's like, what do you see in him? You know? And she's like, he makes me laugh. <laughs> I, I think I frustrate her more than I make her laugh. I'm just throwing that out there. Well, here, here's the thing, though. Um, going going back to this with with wives, I want to hit on marriage, but but I want to just before we move on, uh, one of those RPMs. So right now we're talking about mentally. Um, I tell my wife when I come in, I tell her, babe, when the baby's down, just set aside 15, 20, 30 minutes, read a book, and she will. And when she does that, oh my gosh, it's like her mind goes places. She travels, even if she hasn't physically left the house, she's mentally traveled. And it's like what Lloyd-Jones talked about. And so everybody has their button. But the other thing that ties into this is maybe your outlet is sports. Maybe it's, and this hits on two uh, of the RPMs at the same time, because physically, guys, um, you need to stay in shape. And the reason I say this is for ministers, um, we have a sit down job and, you know, and I say a sit down job, it should not be a sit down job, but when you're studying, let's face it, usually sitting down. If you're at your computer doing something for the church, you're sitting down. If you're meeting with somebody, you're sitting down. And so what, what happens a lot is that we get really out of shape. The abdominal wall starts going, we start getting back problems as a result. And one of the things that I've learned over the years is if I'm going to be there's a connection between the mind, body, and uh, soul. And so if my body's sick, then my mind gets down um, and my soul suffers. Because if I'm not mentally healthy or physically healthy, it's going to be very hard for me to be spiritually healthy. And I'm not saying if I have a disease and cancer in my body. I'm just saying they're all connected. It's harder then to rise above. But when it's due to neglect of the body, um, and neglect of your own health, you are going to um, suffer. And so, like, take the gamers, right? Like, you have these guys where they're paid uh, to play video games on teams, and they live in houses together. It's just recently listening to a podcast where they were talking about uh, guys that are professional gamers, are like world class uh, gamers, and they have competitions. It's almost like Olympic teams, right? They're living somewhere in Sweden or Germany or you know wherever it is. And these guys have a physical training regimen. And you would think, oh, you're a gamer. Like, you wouldn't need to do that. But the reality is it's because of what they do during the other parts of their day. They have to keep their body in shape or they can't do the other stuff. Eventually, it'll catch up with you. And you'll be the pastor that goes, oh, I've got, you know, back problems. And and then you're on Vicodin. And then, you know, that's that's not going to help you out too much. And then you're going to suffer 
mentally because you're on Vicodin and that's going to affect you spiritually. And so, guys, if I could just kind of hit on this, keep in shape. Again, um, God designed your body just like he designed your mind. And sometimes, this should be like a children's book, you know. And then Peyton said, sometimes one of the most spiritual things you can do is exercise, right? Just sounds like the moral of the story, but but each one of these they're important, right? Because it it's that holistic health. It's that being a well-rounded church planter. You need to be physically fit because it's going to affect everything else that you do. You can be taken out by not being healthy. Mm. Cool. It's a rant, isn't it? It's a rant. I know. I'm 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 going on. No, off but here. it's I I get it. As someone who's not healthy, I totally get it. <laughs> yes, but you can always say, but I'm not a church planner. <laughs> no, but my job is sitting at a desk, so yeah. it, it's the same thing. Yeah. In the mental clarity, um I work like <laughs> Though I, I will say it. this, I am more mentally sharp today than I've ever been at any other point in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> cool. So what's the next the next yeah, so, section? So the yeah, yeah, yeah. So the next one would be relational. And if you want to be relationally healthy, um, you, you gotta first not listen to anything Pete says, right? <laughs> Do the opposite of what no, I'm teasing. But uh it's not horrible advice. It's not no, it's not true. Not true at all, Pete. Here's the thing. Um Relationally speaking, um, you you need to be connecting with your wife. And and one of the things that, that you can do, and even if you've got young kids, man, you, you get a stroller and you walk with your wife. Now you're talking with her and you're getting exercise and you're spending time together. So it's it's kind of helping the mental for her, which helps you. If one member suffers, the other one suffers. Um, but it just hits so many different things all at once. So the wife and I have learned over the years and especially with kids, man, we go walking and we pop the kids in the store and boom, off we go. And, uh, and, and it's important to, uh, to, to connect with your wife. I don't care how you do it. I don't care, uh, if it's while she's getting ready in the morning and you just bring her some coffee and you sit down for five, 10 minutes. Also, um, there's a book. If you guys want uh, to to really get some great advice, um, great something else to read, go for it. Uh, book on tape for you, um, <laughs> audio book, <laughs> which you can get a free uh, trial at audibletrial.com forward slash CPM. Get the book woo-hoo. for free, Peyton. What's the book? The book that you should download is called uh, "The Five Love Languages" by Gary Chapman, and um, and it's funny because in this book he says, "Look, every." A person walking around on planet Earth has needs, and there are five ways. Basically, he goes from the premise that we were made to love and be loved, which sounds pretty biblical to me, and he is a Christian. It's one of the best-selling Christian books of all time. And uh, he basically says, look, every there are only even though everybody has this basic need to be loved, most people walk around feeling that need's not met. And there are five essential ways to communicate with somebody that you love them. And number one is verbal affirmation. Hey, baby, I love you, right? That, that's an easy one, right? You think, oh, yeah, of course, you just tell them. Like my friend said to his wife, hey, I told you years ago I loved you. If anything changes, I'll let you know. 
She was mad. She's like, you never tell me you love me. He's like, I told you years ago. Hasn't changed. So uh, I'll keep you posted. But uh, then there's like uh, physical touch. And so you may be telling your wife you love her uh, verbally, but you're not touching her. You're not hugging her, like hugging, hugging, just hugging your wife, like cuddling. You mean like uh, like hugging wink, wink? <laughs> cuddling <laughs> wink, wink? This is an 18 and above podcast. Um, no, I just mean hugging. I'm just, just playing. Meeting her in the kitchen. I know, I'm teasing. Meeting her in the kitchen. Oh, we're hugging playing. in the kitchen now. All righty. Oh, oh wait, hey, what hell? Shh, getting a little steamy in here. But just literally just hugging her. And just, you know, um, just for no reason, right? Um, you see her doing something. You sit down and you just you interrupt your pathway to just let her know that she's important. Um, I rub my wife's back all the time. I just, I'm just touching her all the time. And it, it's funny because I'm a little I, bit, I know, of a I know when I rub your wife's back, it doesn't come across the same way. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, so anyways, so, uh, going back to this about relational, so physical touch, that's important. And, uh, you know, having having the other one is like acts of service, like, you know, uh, you some some women, it's like you uh, vacuum for them or husbands or whatever. You you know, the wife cooks. A guy doesn't feel love because wife keeps a messy house and um, his things acts of service. And what and what they found gift giving is another one and quality time. Those are the five. So there's verbal affirmation, physical touch, acts of service, um, gift giving and quality time. And what what Chapman says is all of these were the ways that you were shown love most likely by your parents. Maybe when you did well at school, your mom bought something at the store, came home and gave it to you and said, oh, it's my boy. I'm so proud, you know, and you felt special and loved. And you went away with your Lego toy or whatever it was. You got you a happy meal and you were happy as a clam. And he says, and then when you get married, you marry someone from another family who has learned a separate love language. And their love language is, of course, I love you. You know, I, 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 uh, I, I fix the car when it's broken. I, I'm in the roof when it's leaking. I, you know, I, I show I love you. I, I go out and I make money for the family. And so you've got this disconnect that's happening. And so what happens is you, you learn to speak this other person's love language. And so relationally, there's a bit of detective work. But guys, I can say this again. Um, the most spiritual thing that you can do is to... Uh, to love your wife, you know, um, to, to find out what her love language is, because what will happen is if you are in an unhappy marriage, Paul says you can't effectively lead uh, the, the family of God if your own family at home's not right. And so, again, it goes back to that whole thing of it's a biblical principle. You may have to slow down in ministry and actually uh, throttle back on everything else you're doing, right? Um, stop trying to do it all and actually love your wife. And that will be the thing that serves your church plant the best. And so we get overwhelmed because we think we can do it all. We think we have to do it all. We must do it all. And the fact is we can't do it all. And so, you know, kind of the, the secret to being well-rounded is to realize you're just a human being and you've got limits 
And you need to realize, like Charles Spurgeon said, you are your own tool. You know, everything else you can, you can buy a new tool, you can do it. But if you don't take care of yourself, church planner, you're not going to be good to anybody. And so you need to learn to take breaks like Jesus did. You need to maintain your relationships uh, that are important, your family, your, your friendships. You need friendships. Um, and, and you need friendships out of the church and in the church. Um, you need guys you can talk to. Um, if you're a man, you, you don't need other women you can talk to. You need other guys you can talk to. And, uh, and, and we didn't hit on spiritual, but, uh, you know, if I can close, cause I know we're out of time here, the way that you make sure that you're healthy spiritually is the good old fashioned, um, no, no, no fireworks, nothing flashy. You just spend time with Jesus. And if you've forgotten how to do that and just spend time with him, then you just drag your carcass to him and you tell him that and you start right where you are and you just tell him, Hey, I've forgotten how to sit at your feet and I've forgotten how to seek you and I need help. And I, I, I don't even know how to, 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 to spiritually engage you anymore. And, um, and I, and I think that, you know, most, most church planners go through a season. One of the things on hardcore church plans, we interviewed a guy where he was so honest um, that he confessed that he got to a point where he just didn't know how to walk with God anymore. And uh, church planner, if that's you, the first thing you need to do is you need to just admit that and say, that's where I'm at and stop trying to pretend it's not true and slow down and just put everything on hold and go sit with Jesus. Sit with them on your lunch break. If you're bivocational, you know, go drive somewhere. If you're by the beach or at a park and just walk and talk to them. And cry with him if you got to, you know, but tell him, I don't know how to be with you anymore. And uh, that'll be the start. And Jesus hears that. He says that he's near to the brokenhearted and a bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering candle he will not snuff out. And that's our God, man. And that's all the time we got. And uh, <laughs> Pete, I was in a weird mood today, but church planner, I hope that helps you. And Pete, I apologize. And listener, I apologize for myself. <laughs> At least we know what to do if we see someone in the row in front of us at church with that. Uh, or more importantly, you know what not to do. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, give us our, our outro. Give us our, our tagline. Gosh, man, I'm getting them all confused in my head now. <laughs> all right, church planner. Thanks for joining us today. You've been listening to the Church Planner Podcast, reminding you, if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music.